What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All the Freaking Things podcast. I am your host, Maggie. And I'm your host, Sam. And I hope everyone had a fabulous week and weekend. We're happy to be back. I know we had a little bit of a week off. Um, funny story. This is actually a re-record. <laughs> we missed you guys, but I don't even want to talk about that. It makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah, we recorded a whole ass episode and, and lost it. So <laughs> yeah, like half of the episode just disappeared. So definitely probably my fault because it's on my computer, but we're just going to ignore it. And it was sh- bound to happen at yeah. some point. Well, we didn't have time to record like later in the week because then you went out of town mm-hmm. and it just was too much. It, it was already was. so late and it was the first day of school for me. And I was like, I'm done for the night. Yeah, we were checked <laughs> out, but we appreciate you guys understanding. <laughs> but what's great about that is we're well rehearsed. So We uh, have a great topic today. We're going to be covering all things astrology and zodiac signs and birth charts. Sam and I are no experts at all, but we did the research for you so you don't have to, to give you at least a high level overview of what zodiac signs are, basically some history behind them, and also how to break down your birth chart if you haven't looked at that before, or maybe you have, but you don't really know what it means. (laughs) You'll learn all of that if you listen to today's episode. But before we get into that, I feel like we have a lot to catch up on. We left, I think we left off, like, we left everyone off with us going to the Machine Gun Kelly concerts. We have to talk about how that went. Yes, we do. <laughs> it feels um, like it was like a century ago. I know. It oh really gosh. does. Well, I mean, we know I loved it. So. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really good. I do have to say, again, I'm not an OG, like, MGK fan, but definitely gained a lot of respect for him. He's an amazing performer and artist. Dylan had a great time, great mm-hmm. birthday gift, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, he yeah, said he was time. a really great performer. Yeah. I asked him like the next morning, I was like, so what do you really think? And I was really nervous because, you know, Dylan has high standards. He's picky. So he also is not afraid to tell you exactly what he's thinking. And I've talked to him, MGK, up so much and watched like he didn't like it, but he loved it. He said he was really impressed. He said he's the best live performer he's he's ever like witnessed and I was like oh my god not not that has anything to do with me but I was like (laughs) yeah but it made you feel good because you were the one that promoted for us to like go and experience it so yeah no it does definitely make you feel good but we do have a story about actually getting to the concert oh my god we almost well Sam almost didn't go (laughs) I was almost not allowed to go and I was very upset I texted you the night before to remind you to grab Dylan's passport Mm -hmm. and you also had to grab your. I think it was like a reminder, like, oh, shit, I have to grab my own, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened? <laughs> well, um, Maggie texted me and was like, do you have Dylan's passport? And I was like, that's a very good point. I thought he had an enhanced ID. But I was like, I'll have to double check when I get home. So I'm at my dad's house when she's texting me. And I'm like, oh, by the way, like, I need to get my passport. Because I obviously don't keep all, like, my personal, like, high security information stuff <laughs> so my dad you also just moved me. like yeah when I moved out I, f- I forgot who said something to you and they're like why don't you have that stuff at your house but I'm like when I moved out of my parents house they had half my shit for like three years yeah, I didn't even think about it <laughs> like I didn't get any of my stuff from them until they moved and they're like you need to get it out of my yeah, house yeah <laughs> no that's so true but yeah I don't know I just like didn't think to grab it but anyway my dad gives it to me and I'm checking it and I'm just like didn't even think about it being expired Come to find out it's expired and I don't have an enhanced ID. So you panic called me 
like six times. And I didn't answer because my phone was dead. And it kept going this weird voicemail. And then you finally told me it's like your <laughs> spam or something. And I was like, why is it not Maggie's voice? Why everybody, is it some random person? Everybody says that to me when they call me and I don't answer. They're like, I don't, did I even call the right number? But I have robocall on my phone because I get so much spam calls and like filters all my calls. And I guess I have no authority over my voicemail. <laughs> They just do it for me. I didn't me. like it. I was like freaking out and scared. I was like, I don't even know if I'm calling her at this point. Like, what is going on? So then I'm like reaching out to all these people that are coming to the concert with us. Like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And everyone is just like, just wing it. Like, bring your birth certificate. Bring your ID. Play I literally dumb. brought 10 forms of ID. I brought my teacher ID because I was like, oh, I'm a teacher. Like, they can't not let me into Canada. <laughs> so I bring all my stuff with me. Also... I give you so much credit because that entire night, you couldn't tell Dylan. Oh my God, I was flipping out. Flipping out. And I was flipping out. Like, I literally couldn't sleep. Yeah, I didn't sleep. I was like rolling around in bed and Zach's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm just, I have so much anxiety. Like, what if Sam can't get into Canada? He's like, she's going to get into Canada. It's out of your control. Go to me. I looked up so many things on Google and we were like sending each other things back and forth. Yeah, we were like, can she get in? Can she not? Yeah, so... Didn't tell Dylan. Finally, like, had to tell him first thing in the morning because I barely slept that night. And come to find out, he doesn't have an enhanced ID. So we had to go all the way to his mom's before we went to Canada to grab his passport. Luckily, his passport is not expired. So we were good in that realm. But we ended up driving to Canada. And Maggie thought of the idea of me riding with our friend Jesse. Who yeah, we switched vehicles. A cop. Yeah. Because yeah, so you, like, you drove separate just yes. in case you couldn't get in. Yes, yes. You had a vehicle to, to yeah. get away with. Yeah. Um, and we rode with everyone else. So we switched because yeah. Jesse is a cop. I'm like, like right well, before maybe the border. <laughs> if you're in a car full of people and a cop, they'll have some more leniency on you. <laughs> that was my theory. Oh my gosh. So I rode with Dylan and then you took my spot. And Dylan and I went through the border first and we're just like parked on the other side, staring at the booth. And we're like, <laughs> oh my God, here they come. Here they come. We're like holding our breath the entire time. <laughs> Sorry, I just spilled water on myself. Um, yeah, I'm like freaking out. And then we're all like we give him all of our passports and the guys like one of them is not scanning. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is me like FML, basically. And he's like, is there a Samantha in the car? And I'm like sitting in the back, just like raise my hand. I'm like, yeah, it's me. He's like, yeah. So unfortunately, you're not going to be able to come into Canada. Like and he said it so seriously. And I was like, this is literally my life. And he's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> So nonchalant about it. I'm like, you just literally ruined my life for five <laughs> seconds. I'm so upset. But also, like, out of out of all of us, why did he pick you? Do you think he saw that it was expired? I think he knew. Okay. I feel like he knew and just let me in. Because I looked like I was kind of harmless. Like, I was just trying to get to a concert. He knew we were going to the concert. He asked us. So he mm-hmm. probably just knew I was really trying to get to this concert and enjoy my night. So we got through, though, you and I did. took a shot of tequila right when I went through. I was like, yes, like I made it. <laughs> I forgot to tell you, before we switched vehicles, we were like driving up and I was on the verge of a full blown like panic attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know what overcame me. I was, I think, more nervous than you were probably. Yeah, probably. I couldn't contain myself. And Jane and Jesse in the back are like, are you good? I'm like, I don't know what my problem is. Like, I like, I, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to act normal when we get up to this border. Because initially... We we're gonna just have you come in the car with us and I was and Dylan was just gonna drive through by himself and I was like I'm gonna be acting so unnatural 
it's just gonna blow everything i need to leave the vehicle i need to get out of the car so i'm like i'm just gonna ride with dylan because i can't (laughs) handle this stress (laughs) it was so it was very nerve-wracking but ended up being such a fun night we had a great time and And i got back in fine i made it i know you made it back just fine and i don't know if anybody else has felt this way but when you go and see your favorite artist perform like you already love them so much but then I can't even explain it like you just become somehow even more obsessed with them and that's just how I've I felt I was on a high from the concert for like three days like I came back the next day to pick up Oakley from my parents house my dad was like how was the concert and I was like grinning ear to ear he's like it looks like you had fun I had no voice because I was scream singing <laughs> every single song it was just the best I know I actually knew a lot of his songs I mean I've been listening to a Spotify playlist like best of machine gun kelly and he played such a variety of songs from like different albums mm-hmm. so i feel like i knew a good amount of them which i was like kind of nervous no about. you did i kept looking over yeah. you were jamming out i was kind of nervous because i don't really know a lot of his music but i tried to prepare myself and no you I did feel like it paid off <laughs> no you did you did a great job um he <laughs> i he also announced that he's coming out with his new album officially which like we knew it's coming he's been saying it's coming but he said it's really coming this time hopefully by the end of this year early next year and he'll be touring again next year so i will definitely be seeing him well i followed him on social media Mm -hmm. and i saw that he was like in new york city maybe like a couple days after the concert and was recording like a song so like 3 a.m or something like Mm -hmm. he was up really late so it's promising i'm so excited and i think it's gonna be rap this time okay so it's rap yeah, I'm really excited. I love both. It just depends on the mood I'm in that day. But it'll be really great. He's, I mean, he's put out two great punk rock albums, but I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Um, but you're a week into school. Mm-hmm. Last time I talked to you, which is when we originally recorded this episode, <laughs> it was your first day of school and it was a little rough. So how has it been <laughs> your first week? Yeah. Um, definitely much better. I think the kids are now knowing my expectations and I think they're done trying to test me so much to see like what they can do and what they can get away with. So now they're just learning more of like the routines and procedures of the classroom, like all that stuff. So I think it's definitely so much better, but I still struggle because I still miss my last year's class so much. And I think it's just because at the end of the year, like they knew everything. So they just, it was so easy with them, you know, and this like I'm teaching a whole new group of kids like, everything about my room and how, where things are and all that stuff so I don't know it's good I still miss my old kids but I think as time goes on I'll start to grow to love these kids even more than my last class sure but yeah that makes sense though it's been good it's been good a lot better than last week I was good I'm glad not in a good place last Wednesday <laughs> I was like I'm not happy my class is crazy I don't want to go back to work tomorrow but no it's all it's all good over here Good, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Better. Just had to yell at them a few times and they got the picture. There you go. Put your teacher voice on. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? So I know you were in Indy this weekend visiting I your did. cousin Sadie. I How did. was that? I went and visited my cousin Sadie. Shout out Sadie. It was so fun. Um, I had visited her before, but it was like already like, I think it was a year and a half ago already, which is crazy. So we got to catch up. We had some much needed quality time together. And um, I got to meet all her friends, and they were sweethearts. I loved them. I got to explore the city. I tried Orange Theory for the first time, which I'm now obsessed with and signed up for a membership. <laughs> um, 
that was a game changer. And yeah, it was just it was just a great little getaway. It was a little painful flying home because flying is a nightmare these days. Mm. You're traveling a lot, too. I am. I'm going to Vermont next weekend. And then I'm on a little bit of a break until December. I'm going, then I'm, well, November we're going to Florida and then we're going to Nashville. Yeah. A lot coming up. A lot coming up. But all fun and exciting. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, me too. Should we get into it for today? Is there anything else? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, we actually have a lot to cover today. So I'm really excited. Um, Again, we're doing astrology. So Sam and I are not by any means astrologists, but we do like to dabble in astrology. Um, I, I feel like before this, I kind of had like an okay understanding. Like I understood like what my sun sign was, my moon sign, my rising sign, but that's kind of the extent of it. <laughs> I've researched my birth chart before, but I've never fully understand how to read it. Um, and Sam and I actually recently both got astrology readings done, which we'll get into a little bit later, but that kind of like sparked my interest a little bit more and made me want to do a little bit of a deeper dive not only wanting to prepare for this episode but really just for myself like I just find it super interesting so um I feel like well let's start out with exactly what astrology is and I guess how that differs from astronomy and again if you're not into zodiac signs or astrology or anything of that nature that's totally fine I think you'll still find this episode really interesting because there's still a lot of information about how you can apply it towards your personal growth and really some history behind what it is. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be something you can take away from it. So a lot of people tend to confuse astrology and astronomy. So astronomy is the scientific study of celestial bodies and phenomena. So astronomy is based on fact and research, whereas astrology is an interpretation of celestial bodies and their influence on our own lives. The way we interpret what the sky is, it's very subjective. It's kind of more of an art versus a science like astronomy is. It's kind of like my the best way I can sum up the difference of the two. Yeah, no, that, that's a good description. That, I definitely, that helps me for sure because yeah. I've always gotten those confused, I think, in the past. For sure, for sure. All right, so time for a little bit of a history lesson in astrology in case you didn't know. It actually originated in Mesopotamia. Wait, did I say that right? Mesopotamia, I think. I don't know. I think that's how you say it. You're the social studies teacher. Yeah, I think it's Mesopotamia. You're right. Mesopotamia. <laughs> in the third millennium BC. It's from there it spread to India, but it actually developed its Western form, more so how we know it today, through the Greek civilization during the Hellenic period. <laughs> Charting the constellations, planets, and the sun and moon helped ancient astronomers understand the reoccurrence of seasons and predict celestial events. So again, going back to astronomy, initially it more so started as astronomy. That's kind of like the root of it. So when it kind of started moving around into different countries in these different periods of times, it obviously evolved over time. And even in ancient China, they actually started to practice horoscope. And according to Greek tradition, the heavens are divided according to 12 constellations of the zodiac. The bright stars that rise at intervals cast a spiritual influence over human affairs. So that's kind of where the astrology part started to develop. So according to Greek tradition, the heavens are divided according to the 12 constellations. 
These are the constellations of the zodiac, and they were named based on the apparent relationship between their placement in the sky and the sun. The bright stars in each constellation rise at intervals and are matched with dates based on the apparent relationship between their placement in the sky and the sun. So it's believed that these star placements cast a spiritual influence over human affairs. So a lot of times astrology is used to get a better understanding of oneself while also a tool to help predict the future. So like I just mentioned, it was during that time where that 12-star sign zodiac was developed, and that's kind of what most people are familiar with today. So let's talk about the signs, shall we? Yeah, we shall. Want to do the first one, Mags, and I'll do the next one? Yeah. So the first sign is Aries. So roughly that's between March 21st and April 19th. So if you are an Aries, you're ruled by Mars and you're represented by the Ram. Aries love to be the number one. (laughs) Naturally, this is a very dynamic fire sign. No stranger to competition. They're bold. They're ambitious. Aries always dives headfirst into even the most challenging situations. And they'll make sure to always come out on top. (laughs) So I included some fun celebrities who are Aries. And a few are Lady Gaga, Elton John, Kourtney Kardashian, and Robert Downey Jr. Ooh, those are some good ones. Mm -hmm. I like those. Taurus, that's me. (laughs) That's the next one. Um, April 20th to May 20th. So ruled by Venus and represented by the bull, Tauruses are most likely to take a six-hour bath, followed by a luxurious Swedish massage. Not a big fan of the baths, but I do love a good massage. <laughs> um, Tauruses like surroundings and themselves to appear harmonious and beautiful. They move at their own pace, which can sometimes translate to stubbornness. Their best qualities are their loyalty, reliability, and determination. So some celebs. Ooh, Machine Gun Kelly, Megan Fox, Adele, and Dwayne Johnson. Great, great ones. <laughs> So next we have Gemini. Gemini lands between May 21st and June 20th. They are ruled by Mercury and often they're given a pretty bad rap. I feel like Geminis are one of the most, I feel like Geminis are always sought out as like two-faced, which when I took a deeper dive into this, I kind of got a better explanation of that. So Geminis are one of the most creative signs of the zodiac, spontaneous, playful, and adorably erratic. Geminis are driven by their insatiable curiosity. Appropriately symbolized by celestial twins, this sign was interested in so many pursuits That it had to double itself. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this came up in my birth chart reading because I have a Gemini moon. And essentially, Geminis are very versatile, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting. So they have that creative mind, but they're very versatile. They can jump back and forth between things, try different things, and be really good at a bunch of... Yeah. I feel like I can see you in that aspect for sure. Yeah. So some celebrities. We have Johnny Depp, Prince, Marilyn Monroe... And Angelina Jolie. Ooh, I love Angelina Jolie. Okay, next one. Cancer, June 21st to July 22nd. So Cancer is ruled by the moon and represented by the crab. Cancer seamlessly weaves between the sea and shore, representing Cancer's ability to exist in both emotional and material realms. Cancers are highly intuitive and they're psychic. I thought that said physics. I was like, oh, okay, we're getting all 
science on me here. Okay, let's keep going. So, um, cancers are highly intuitive and their psychic abilities manifest in tangible spaces. This water sign is willing to do whatever it takes to protect itself emotionally. In order to get to know the sign, you're going to need to establish trust. So again, some celebrities, Selena Gomez, Meryl Streep, Tom Cruise, and Tom Hanks. So the next is Leo, which I'm a Leo. If you are a Leo like me, your birthday falls between July 23rd and August 22nd. And I thought this was really funny because the website that I was referring to to help me develop these explanations, for Leo, it literally started with, roll out the red carpet because Leo has arrived. to include that, that. Is so accurate. <laughs> ruled by the sun leos are passionate extremely loyal and in famously dramatic leo is represented by the lion and these spiritual fire signs are the kings and queens of the celestial jungle those were not my own words <laughs> <laughs> they're delighted to embrace their royal status vivacious theatrical and fiery Leos love to bask in the sunlight and celebrate, well, themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Celebs, um, Madonna, Dua Lipa, Mick Jagger, J-Lo, and J-Law. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Next one, Virgos. August 23rd to September 22nd. So ruled by Mercury, Virgos are logical, practical, and systematic in their approach to life. Virgo is an earth sign historically represented by the goddess of wheat and agriculture, an association that speaks to Virgo's deep-rooted presence in the material world. This earth sign is a perfectionist at heart and isn't afraid to improve skills through diligent and consistent practice. Some celebrities are Beyonce, Blake Lively, and Michael Jackson. Oh, I forgot one. What's her name? Zendaya. Zendaya. Sorry, I <laughs> forgot that one. <laughs> Next, we have Libra. So if you're a Libra, your birthday falls between September 23rd and October 22nd. You're ruled by Venus. Balance, harmony, and justice define Libra energy. As a cardinal air sign, Libra is represented by the scales. Interestingly, the only inanimate object of the zodiac. So again, those weighing scales, if you can't picture it. An association that reflects Libra's fixation on establishing equilibrium libra is obsessed with symmetry and strives to create equilibrium in all areas of life especially when it comes to the matters of the heart so some celebs kim kardashian will smith zach afron and serena williams next one scorpio october 23rd to november 21st Ruled by Pluto and represented by the Scorpion, elusive and mysterious, Scorpio is one of the most misunderstood signs of the Zodiac. So Scorpio is a water sign that uses emotional energy as fuel, cultivating powerful wisdom through both the physical and unseen realms. In fact, Scorpio derives its extraordinary courage from its psychic abilities, which is what makes this sign one of the most complicated, dynamic signs of the Zodiac. Some celebs are Leonardo DiCaprio, Julia Roberts, Anne Hathaway, and Ryan Gosling. I have a typo in that. It says Abe Hathaway. I'm glad I that know, you I knew what I meant. I was like, I, I think she means Anne. <laughs> <laughs> 
Abe Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, next, we have Sagittarius. So if you're a Sag, your birthday falls between November 22nd and December 21st. Sagittarius's have no bounds. Represented by the archer and ruled by Jupiter, Sagittarians are always on the quest for knowledge. The last fire sign of the zodiac, Sagittarius launches its many pursuits like blazing arrows, chasing after geographical, intellectual, and spiritual adventures. That's <laughs> so, like the one I don't know the most about. I feel like I don't know much about Sagittarius. A lot of my friends, I feel like, are not um Sagitt- I know like one okay I don't know much about that sign That's so like the one I feel like it's a it's very similar it has a Leo and Sag have a lot very similar and obviously we're both fire signs but they're very outgoing they're usually like the life of the party sign um but some celebs here we have Taylor Swift Miley Cyrus Brad Pitt and Jamie Foxx yeah I can see all those Sag people <laughs> for sure Next one is Capricorn. So if you're a Capricorn, your birthday is December 22nd to January 19th. Ruled by Saturn, Capricorn is climbing the mountain straight to the top and knows that patience, perseverance, and dedication is the only way to scale. The last Earth sign of the Zodiac, Capricorn is represented by the sea goat, a mythological creature with the body of a goat and the tail of a fish. Accordingly, Capricorns are skilled at navigating both the material and emotional realms. So some celebs are LeBron James, Bradley Cooper, Dolly Parton, and Zoe Deschanel. 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 She's from New Girl, remember? She's the one you said that she annoys you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably why I said her name wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next, we have Aquarius. So if you're an Aquarius, your birthday falls between January 20th and February 18th. So you're ruled by Uranus. Aquarians are innovative, progressive, and shamelessly revolutionary. They are represented by the water bearer, the the mystical healer who bestows water of life upon the land. Accordingly, Aquarians is the most humanitarian astrological sign. At the end of the day, Aquarius is, is dedicated to making the world a better place. Celebs, Shakira, Michael Jordan, Jennifer Aniston, and Harry Styles. Last but not least is Pisces, February 19th to March 20th. As the final sign, Pisces has absorbed every lesson, the joys and the pain, the hopes and the fears, learned by all of the other signs. Pisces is the most intuitive, sensitive, and empathetic sign of the entire zodiac, and that's because it's the last of the last. Ruled by Neptune, it's symbolized by two fish swimming in opposite directions, representing the constant division of Pisces' attention between fantasy and reality. Celebs, Rihanna, Justin Bieber, Drew Barrymore, and Carrie Underwood. All right, so those were the 12 zodiac signs. Um, Hopefully some of those resonate with you. I don't know. But <laughs> these signs are also identifiable or grouped together by element. So water, earth, fire, or air, which you probably heard us mention throughout those descriptions. Um, they're also represented by modes, which we'll get to a little bit later. But um, speaking to element, these categories um, are also, also give each sign its own specific behavior and orientation. So that's kind of how they're grouped together by element. So starting with the water signs, these are Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. So these signs are known for their sensitivity, their their perception, often having empathetic qualities about them. So they're, they're fairly sensitive. They tend to wear their heart on their sleeve. 
These are the friends sure to lend a listening ear when you dish out the latest thing vexing your life. Um, The more melodramatic, the better. (laughs) Next one is Earth Signs. So Earth Signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Master manifestors in the material realm, and Earth Signs are known by their natural ability to navigate earthly matters. They're often experienced as no-nonsense and adept at getting things done. And again, I'm a Taurus, so I can definitely relate to that. So next we have fire signs. So we have Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Often the life of the party, fire signs take after their fiery element in show-stopping fashion, easily garnering the attention of friends and even strangers with their more flashy sensibility. Last one is air signs. So Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Air signs aren't afraid to walk to the beat of their own drum. As such visionaries, they often are easily misunderstood by others. Okay, so next we're going to get into the modes. (laughs) So um, I'm just going to kind of break it down really quick. So starting with the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Um, They're kind of the pack leaders and self-starters. So they like initiating things but may struggle with actually completing them. Next, we have the fixed signs. So that's Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. So these signs are extremely hardworking, reliable, and determined. They are able to see things through, but can often be stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> that's both of us. Yep. <laughs> And then last, we have the mutable signs. So that's Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. These signs are flexible and adaptable. They are able to embrace the new winds of change, but may be fickle. I was going to say, I feel like Virgo would be a fixed sign because I feel like a lot of Virgos I know are very stubborn. So I feel like Virgo could be at fixed signs. But then when it said, but maybe fickle, then I see why that could be a mutable sign. Yeah. I'm just thinking of some Virgos that I know that are very like right stubborn I I agree I feel like with Virgo um a lot of times they are they are very stubborn but they will embrace change if it if it leads to a better result like it benefits them because they're very intellectual and they're very interested in the gain so if they see that there's a positive outweighing the negative I feel like they would be willing to make that change okay so Next, we want to talk about the big three or the primal signs. So before we start breaking down the birth chart and kind of how to read the birth chart, it's really important that you know what your big three are. So that's going to be your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So you want to break those down really quick? Yeah. So the sun sign, the sign that is the sun is in at the time of your birth is your sun sign. So basically the day you were born in what season? So Again, this shows your personality traits, your ego, your self-image, and ultimately the core of who you are. So when people get to know you, your sun sign is what they see. So that's kind of like the core of who you are. Ascending sign. So your ascendant, also called your rising sign, is a zodiac sign that was on the eastern horizon when you were born. So this is why you need to know your exact time of birth. The sign of the ascendant can tell you all about the first impression you make on others and also the way you physically present to others. So are you a head turner when you walk in the room or are you more of a wallflower? It's how someone may first perceive you, but once you get to know them, you'll kind of see if whether they're like a different person or not. So it's kind of how your first perceptions of people are. Last one is your moon sign, and that represents the emotional self and our general orientation towards matters of feeling. 
In other words, just your heart. So do you hold your secrets close to the chest or are you an open book with your personal matters? Some people associate with their moon sign that their sun... Some people associate more with their moon sign than their sun sign because your moon is your more emotional self and you feel more with more with that sign. Whatever sign is your moon is a clue to what will make you happy and fulfilled. And I didn't know that. So that's I like that part at the end about the moon sign. What are your big three? So my big three, I believe... Again, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think you head. said you're a Taurus sun. I think a Taurus, a Virgo... Ascending. Ascending. And I think you said you're a Libra, Libra moon. moon. Libra moon. Yeah. All right. Mine, I'm a Leo sun. I am a Sagittarius rising and I'm a Gemini moon. Okay. So now that we nailed down what the signs are, how they're grouped, and identifying what your big three are, we want to get into the birth chart. So there's a lot to cover here. So we're going to try and break it down as easy as possible. Um, but the birth chart or natal chart is technically a snapshot of the position of the planets on the exact day, time, and location of where you were born. It contains major aspects that relate to a block in life, your soul's mission or life's purpose, the challenging energies, and the complementary energy in your overall inner dynamics, skills, talents, and weaknesses. So all of that you can actually just see right in your chart if you understand how to read it. So it's very important that you do know the exact time you were born on this earth because, as you know, the planet's always moving. So someone who was born on the same exact day as you in the same location, if they're even an hour apart, their natal chart's going to look very different from yours. So that's why it is important to nail down that time of birth. So before we do get into how to read the birth chart, I kind of want to talk about the houses to start because I feel like it's a little intimidating, mm -hmm. at least for me, when I first started delving into astrology, I would see the, the chart and these houses and people so would confusing. talk about it. And I'm like, what the fuck do these yeah. things mean? I didn't honestly know until the astrology reading what yeah. was going on. Honestly, <laughs> at all. I know a little bit about it, but then I was like, wow, he broke it down so well for us. So right. Amazing. So the like I said, the houses are kind of a big deal with astrology. So these houses contain zodiac signs and planets that can tell you more about your personality and relationships according to the stars. So um, first, we want to understand kind of how these are broken up. So the houses go 1 through 12. Houses 1 through 6 are your personal houses. So the first six zodiac houses are called personal houses. They are ruled, they rule our private and in immediate lives so individuality our daily environments our siblings our peers our parents our attempt to define and express who we are so the seven through 12 houses are our interpersonal houses so they govern our relationships joint ventures travel career society spirituality and even our transition into the end of life so what do these houses really mean so i'm going to break down each house for you <laughs> So starting with the first house, that is the house of self. So this house is all about first impressions, the self and appearance, leadership, new initiatives, fresh starts, and beginnings. The sign on the cusp or starting edge of this house is referred to as your rising sign or your ascending sign. The second house of possessions. So the second house covers all matters related to your immediate material and physical environment. So your taste, scent, sound, touch, sight, so five senses. The second house also rules income, money, and self-esteem. So the third house is the house of communication. So this is talking, thinking, um, 
you know, your mobile devices, communication. It also governs siblings, neighborhoods, local travel, schools, teachers, and community affairs. Hey, teachers. It's really like anything social. Love it. <laughs> the fourth house of home and family. So the cancer-ruled fourth house sits at the very bottom of the zodiac wheel and thus rules the foundation of all things. So this includes your home, privacy, basic security, parents, particularly your mother, children, your own mothering abilities, nurturing, and TLC. I loved learning about the fourth house. Yeah. That one was like probably my favorite one that I learned about, and there was so much information in Same. it when I did my astrology reading. So mm -hmm. it was really cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, the fifth house is the house of pleasure. So the fifth house is ruled by Leo. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> And it governs uh, self-expression, drama, creativity, color, attention, romance, fun, and play. The sixth house of health. So the sixth house is the domain of health and service. It rules schedules, organization, routines, fitness, diet, and exercise, natural and healthy living, helpfulness, and being of service to others. The seventh house is partnership. So it's the sector of relationships and other people. So it covers all partnerships, both business and personal, and relationships associated with matters like contracts, marriage, and business deals. So the eighth house is of sex, death, and transformation. So um, this house um, basically talks about death, sex, transformation, mysteries, merged energies, and bonding at the deepest level. So the eighth house... Uh, also rules other people's property and money. So like real estate, inheritance, and investments. So the ninth house covers the higher mind, expansion, international and long distance travel, foreign languages, inspiration, optimism, um, broadcasting, higher education, luck, um, gambling, religion, philosophy, morals, and ethics. The 10th house of social status. So the 10th house is at the very top and the most public part of the chart. So your 10th house governs structures, corporations, tradition, public image, fame, honors, achievements, um, fathers, and fatherhood. So the cusp or border of the 10th house is also called the midheaven, and it clues astrologers into your career path. The 11th house is friendship. So this rules teams, friendships, groups, society, technology, um, networking, social justice, humanitarian causes, it also rules originality, eccentricity, sudden events, surprises, astronomy, science fiction, and all things futuristic. So the 12th house, the last house, is of the unconscious. So the zodiac completes with the 12th and final house, which basically rules endings. So this house covers the final stages of a project, tying up loose ends, completions, the afterlife, old age, and surrender. It also is, is associated with separation from society, institutions, hospitals, and secret enemies. And it rules the imagination, so creativity, arts, film, dance, poetry, journals, and the subconscious mind. All right, so now that we have an understanding of the houses and what they are, what they mean, we next want to go into the components of a birth chart and slowly break down how to read a birth chart. So starting with the 12 signs, like we mentioned... We know what those are. <laughs> then the 10 planets, including the sun and the moon. And then finally, the 12 houses, which we just covered. So on a birth chart, um, it's like a 360 degree wheel. And it's actually divided with like a 
crisscross almost. And these 12 house and these 12 houses and sections are like on the inner circle of the wheel. Like there's a mini circle in the middle of this big circle and there's 12 houses in that tiny circle. And then um, all along the outside of that wheel is the zodiac signs. So um, kind of think of a birth chart like a clock. So the 12 houses tell the time and each house represents an area of time. So to recap, the zodiac signs correspond with different personalities or characteristics. The planets correspond to different mind functions, so your ego, thinking, communication. And then again, your houses represent an area of time. This could be the house of marriage, the house of personality, the house of career. Okay, cool. So like, how do we read this thing? (laughs) (laughs) So when you're looking at the birth chart, like I mentioned, you'll see a circle with a crisscross down the middle. So the planets are typically scattered throughout your birth chart. On the border, there's those 12 zodiac signs. In the middle, smaller circle, you get the 12 houses. And they're typically Roman numerals. So if you're like me and you don't know how to read Roman numerals, you have to like check which means what. <laughs> Google that thing. <laughs> so it's easiest to start with the planets. So the planets tell you the what. So your mental function, communication, aggression. The sign that the planet lands in tells you the how or the why again the why in the how so it represents personality characteristics helps you decipher the how and the why of that mental function which that planet sits in and then lastly the house um the house that the planet is in tells you the where so what area in life is this happening in so that's a very high level (laughs) very high overview Um, but you know, hopefully that's helpful. I feel like you might want to look at this chart while I'm maybe reading that off. Like I said, Sam and I have looked up our birth chart many times and we typically like to use cafeastrology.com. So we're going to link that in the show notes to you for you. But again, you need to know what time you were born, the location, and then, you know, normal stuff, your birthday, but pull that up. It's really interesting. The actual birth chart is all the way at the bottom of this very, very long natal chart. And it actually does break everything down for you it'll explain like what um sign is in what house if they're your ascending sign all that it really breaks it down well and so you have a good understanding of what it means um so continuing on with the layout of the chart like i mentioned that crisscross in the middle of the circle sometimes you'll find more planets in certain areas of your chart and this actually means something so i didn't realize this until recently more (laughs) So the more planets that appear in the upper side or like northern hemisphere of your birth chart, it stands for objectivity. So it means a lot of life challenges, moments, and events are going to be public for you. So a lot of your learnings and moments are going to be kind of on that public stage or outward. If you have more planets on the lower side of your chart in that southern hemisphere, it's subjectivity. So most of your life's challenges, moments, and events are private and inward. So mine are actually in the lower. Things um, I go through in this, anything internally, like an internal struggle, insecurities, confidence, anxiety. So um, to go further from that, if your planets are following, falling towards the left or the right side, west or east of that crisscross, you know, what does that mean? So the left or west is freedom. So your life is a blank slate. You have more free will and can take life really anywhere you want to go. 
if your planets fall more to the right or east side, that's fate. So your life is more determined by fate versus free will. And this doesn't mean you can't make your own decisions, but it kind of just means a lot of your situations are predetermined for you if you do believe in fate, right? So again, left or west, your your life's kind of determined by yourself versus the right or east, there's more fate involved. So the next section of sign of the chart I wanted to talk about are the lunar nodes. <laughs> yeah, that's new to me. I don't remember him even talking to me about yeah, that. Yeah, so he, did, he didn't talk to me yeah, about that. Yeah, I say, When, I, when <laughs> I did my deep dive, I literally went into a rabbit hole and just kept going and kept going because... <laughs> One well, thing, there is so much. It's so like it's so interesting. Yeah, and like one thing about me is it it comes up in my chart too. Is I love to learn. I'm like very intellectual, and I want to learn more about myself and more about anything as much as possible. So when I started, I couldn't stop. So, <laughs> again, I'm trying to keep it very tangible versus just spewing all this information. So I'm hopefully not going overboard. But um, what's cool about the lunar nodes is it kind of helps you determine your life's purpose a little bit. There's a lot that goes into understanding your life's purpose. You kind of have to be well-versed in reading charts to really identify that because it not only takes into account your lunar nodes, but it takes into account your primal signs and a bunch of other things. So I'm not going to get into that today, but essentially what the lunar nodes are is they're depicted on, um, they are depicted right on your chart and it kind of looks like a lowercase n with like curly cues off the end or an uppercase u with curly cues at the end. Sometimes the southern node isn't depicted on the chart, only the the northern one is, but the southern one is always going to be direct. They're always directly across from each other. So the whole idea behind this is it represents growth. So because these signs are directly across from each other on the birth chart, the idea is that you want to push yourself and stretch yourself to reach as much growth as possible to reach that other side of your chart. So um, the lunar node of the southern represents the past, who you used to be in a past life, karmic past, instinctive automatic behavior or what your gut is telling you basically your comfort zone so you might not believe in past lives but it's basically what your comfort zone is so as you push yourself outside of your comfort zone you're getting closer and closer to that um northern lunar sign so that's going to be your destiny where you should go and have the most growth so looking at the signs each of your nodes can give you a clue into how to become more like that northern self leave that self behind because you've been there done that essentially so for an example my northern known is in libra and my southern is in aries so it being in aries it means that my comfort zone is being very independent <laughs> um, i have a very individualistic flair i like to take charge and do things myself which i think we all can agree with <laughs> Again, I'm a, a challenger, a cult leader, if you will. Um, and my northern is in Libra. So I should find fulfillment in creating harmonious relationships with others and thinking before I'm acting and find ways to cooperate with others. So essentially not just taking charge, doing things on my own, figuring them out, like asking for help, finding healthy ways to work with others. And that is going to help me better myself on my life path oh wow that's interesting I like that <laughs> yeah 
Very cool. I know. I, when he when I did the astrology reading, which we'll get to a little bit more later, I like just full blown was like, tell me what my life purpose is. Like, I need to know. I never asked him that. I'm so mad. I yeah. forgot. And I maybe maybe he told me and I like didn't fully grasp it. Well, like, you kind but... of figured it out on your own based off doing this research. And yeah. you know what I mean? And it makes sense. Like mm-hmm. knowing you, that makes total sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Total sense. For sure. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is your Saturn return. So I don't know if have you heard of this before? I have, but I really don't know much about it. Okay. So I did know what this was just because I've listened to podcasts about astrology before. And this is like usually covered, especially if like you're in like in your 20s because your Saturn return is coming essentially. So this is a crucial part of your chart and who you are. So it's depicted on the chart by a moon with a little cross sign just below it. Um, So the planet Saturn takes about 29 years to orbit around the sun and as it goes around the sun it goes through the 12 zodiac constellations and spends about two years in each constellation so people that are in close age so like typically within like two years so like you and I for example we usually are going to go through Saturn return at the same time so this little moon plus sign is always going to be in like where Saturn is in your chart So Saturn is the planet that represents challenge, discipline, and authority in making sure you learn lessons, which can be applied to to your life and essentially better yourself. So your personal Saturn return, when it returns back to its original sign, it was in when you were born. So like that's when Saturn return happens. So this typically, like I said, happens when you're around like age 29, 28, 30. So during this period is when you go through the biggest life shift that you ever face. Typically, it's like your wake up call. I need to grow up, get my shit together moment. Time to face my fears, change the change for the better. It's all about time. The time is now to get through this obstacle or else you're going to be stuck, essentially. So some examples of this could be getting married. Obviously, that's not like a type of obstacle that's essentially like I have to get through this, you know, it, but it could be deeper than that. Like maybe when you get married, the dynamic changes and you guys face some struggles that you didn't realize were coming and you have to work through those problems or having a child. Obviously, having a child is a super exciting time, but I think we all can agree when you have a kid, your life completely changes. Your dynamics change, your your self changes, your priorities, who you are, how you think about things. Like everything's going to be different buying a new home, etc. So um, really something to do with commitment and making a big step in adulthood. So it's time to choose the person you want to be, the path you will walk and live with purpose. So the sign your Saturn is in tells you kind of like what you've been struggling with up until this time. And then when Saturn makes the return, it's about embracing that challenge. So I wanted to just break down mine because it's actually really interesting. Yeah, sure. Um, so my Saturn's in Leo as well. So when my Saturn returns in Leo or in the fifth house, you are being called to your sacred duty to create. So right now you're being asked to think about your inner child, the person who dreamed big and fantasized about life that they might lead when they grow up. So your lesson lesson during your return will be to identify which relationships are enriching your life, enhancing your social standing, and helping you understand your life's purpose. Conversely, the process will also illuminate which partnerships are draining, toxic, or no longer helping you achieve your highest self. 
and which ones have run their course. Through a deeper understanding of your own patterns of relating, you'll be confronted with challenges related to cooperation, codependency, people-pleasing, and what is the true balance between yourself and others. Interesting. Do you feel like, I mean, I don't know, like, you, you haven't hit your Saturn, have you? When is, when is that supposed to be a thing? Probably like two years. I'm curious to see how that all transpires in the next two years. Yeah, but it, and it couldn't, it's not just like a one-time thing. Like it'll, well, so let me think. I'm 27. So technically I could shift into it next year mm-hmm. or the year after, but I will be within that period for two years. So again, I'm curious. So yours could be starting now yeah. or starting next year. Yeah, that was a lot. And I think we all can agree, like in our 20s, we're so much about, am I doing this thing called life right? Are people perceiving me the way I should be perceived? Mm-hmm. Am I doing the best I can in my career? Should I be doing better? You're always questioning yourself. And I think what's interesting is I feel like there's like a stigma around your 30s and how they're your best years because you finally reach a point in your life where you know who you are and you're comfortable in your own skin and you just kind of relax and you just live your life and really you feel fulfilled and enjoyment for like the first time because again your 20s are so tumultuous it's just like highs and lows the whole time sure. yeah, definitely. so that aligns with the sad in return you go through that shift right before you hit your 30s and it really like helps predefine who you are and really clears that cloud of questioning all those questions for yourself and you kind of settle into understanding your true self by facing all of those challenges that you've been facing in your 20s the whole relationships thing is really interesting to me I like now want to know what mine comes up as because the whole about like knowing what your true friendships are the people that like pull up your chart the best in you like that type of stuff it's really interesting to me I don't know now I like want to know within the Here, next two I years can pull it up and what's I can... gonna happen for you like <laughs> I feel like you know you just never know I know um I mean in relationships doesn't necessarily mean like I feel like for the most part I, I really have weeded out like the toxic relationships in my life which we've talked I about more already so, like, within yourself oh yeah like, that's what I mean like with how you're going to like build your relationship with yourself which is something we know like I'm working on yeah or like your relationship with your husband more just like yourself type of thing yeah that's how I perceived it yes no I agree okay I agree and that's what I was going to get to I was like I've kind of already dealt with that so I think it's more about me yeah Yeah. no I'm aligned with you there it's it's super interesting so your Saturn return is in Pisces so this is typically going to last between March 7th 2023 so you're in your Saturn return right now until May 24th, 2025. Okay. So Pisces is a deeply spiritual and introspective sign. So during the Saturn return, you may find yourself drawn to explore and deepen your spiritual beliefs, practices, or philosophical outlook on life. You may question the deeper meaning and purpose of your existence. So Pisces is also associated with emotions and compassion. So this return can bring up emotional wounds, past past emotional wounds, and unresolved issues for healing and closure. You may have to confront deep-seated emotional patterns and learn to let go of emotional baggage that no longer serves you. Wow. So self-discovery and intuition, Pisces is known for its intuitive and imaginative nature. You may experience in 
increased intuition and self-desire to connect your inner self on a deeper level. Self-discovery and understanding of your subconscious mind could become essential during this time. Wow. Crazy. I feel like I've like, I'm on the path of, I've started that. Like I've yeah. started that probably over the last like year, but I feel like there's so much more to like dig but you into. Still, you have till 2025. So I have a lot of time. <laughs> I have a lot of time to achieve it and I'm, now it's in my mind. It's a goal. I'm setting my mind to it. But I think like, I don't, I don't want to get too into it because it's, you know, your, your stuff. But like, I feel like you really are in a period now where you're like really trying to face a lot of things from your past and like work through them to better yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're trying harder now than you really ever have. Yeah. And that literally is what that just said that literally so funny that that happened because that this all like me really trying to like work on myself and stuff this really started a few years ago but the really like getting to the root cause of it Mm -hmm. and actually healing it started right around march Mm -hmm. which is crazy yeah so essentially like i said the saturn return is a really amazing thing but it can be really tough Mm -hmm. so it's all about like that challenge and it can get ugly before it gets better essentially ready to take it on yeah that's right it's the right attitude (laughs) i can handle anything i can do it i ain't worried about it santa return you got nothing on me (laughs) yeah so if you want to get a better understanding of maybe if you're if you have not yet gone through your saturn return you want to get a better understanding of what that might look like for yourself look at your birth chart take a look at what um sign your Saturn return is in and just that's what I, I just googled it. I mean it says it on your natal chart too so if you do look up your natal chart you can read it as well so that's kind of again a really high level overview um some rabbit holes along the way of how to read a natal chart so I highly recommend taking some time and and taking a look at it I think as a whole if you're looking to try to get a under, better understanding of yourself, obviously we've talked a lot about this on this podcast. We've taken personality assessments. We've taken um, like love language assessments. But I really do think it all ties together. And if you do believe in that kind of thing, it could help give you some answers, give you some relief, give you some direction. Perspective. Perspective. Because again, the char is all about also telling time and seeing into the future it's there for you yeah to like make you a better person it's just another tool Mm -hmm. exactly it's a great way to say it yeah another tool to like make you become your best version of yourself Mm -hmm. so use it don't be lame (laughs) i'm counting on you guys i better see your natal chart sent to all the freaking things on instagram (laughs) maybe we can read them for you even though we're not really strong i'll try my best All right, so um, let's switch it up a little bit. I think we want to talk about some compatibility. Yeah. I know you kind of set up this section. Yeah, so so signs that are known for being compatible. This is something I just think is fun, lighthearted, talking about love, what signs work well together. Um, This is definitely more geared towards romantic relationships. I can see how some of it could be geared towards friendships, but again, these specific signs that we're going to be talking about is definitely more towards a romantic relationship so the first two signs that we're going to talk about in their compatibility is Aries and Aquarius so there is never a dull moment between an Aries and Aquarius which makes their relationship extremely exciting so both signs are insanely adventurous so they're always up for anything in and out of the bedroom they enjoy trying new things and make sure to have a good time in the process so they especially love doing things together as a team so if you're single, hit up, if you're an Aries, hit up an Aquarius or vice versa. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So next we have ter- Taurus, um, Taurus mm-hmm. and Cancer. 
together they make Terrace. <laughs> Cancer? I don't know. I can't talk. All right. Um, so Taurus and Cancer, seriously, they just totally get each other. These two zodiac signs work well with one another because they hold a tight connection both physically and emotionally. They understand each other inside and out, which helps allow their bond to ignite even more as the relationship grows. Oh, that's cute. I like that one. <laughs> um, next one, Leo and Sagittarius. The passion is high between Leo and Sagittarius as both signs both enjoy life and love others who feel the same. They are both passionate about what they want out of this world and extremely encouraging in helping the other achieve any goal or dream. Both are fire signs and have a profound understanding of the other, which helps them get along so easily. Next we have Virgo and Taurus, a.k.a. Dylan and Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Read it first, Meg. Tell me all about it. As both are earth signs, Virgo and Taurus really hit things off. Easygoing and practical in their everyday lives, their relationship is cool, calm, and collected. These two zodiac signs are also honest and sincere, which make them incredible people to get close to, especially in a serious long-term relationship. You won't find two other signs as devoted to each other as Virgo and Taurus. They not only have a lot of integrity, but they also have the same characteristics and values. This allows them to truly understand one another to the fullest. So cute. I love that. I love that for me and Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, Libra and Gemini. So a relationship between a Libra and Gemini is all about a strong intellectual connection. Both are air signs and deep into mental stimulation. The mind is a very interesting and sexy thing to them, and they enjoy learning more about it as time goes on. And what's interesting about that is earlier we were talking about the big three, so your moon sign represents your emotional self, right? You're a Libra. Mm-hmm. I'm a Gemini. Mm. And when we took our love sign style test, we were both yeah. intellectual. See, guys? Everything's connected. <laughs> it's coming full circle. It really is. <laughs> it's so funny. All right. Let's do two more. Let's do... I'll do Sagittarius and Aries and the Megs. You want to do like Pisces and Scorpio, the last one? Sure. Um, Sagittarius and Aries are both fire signs. So you can expect some serious hot passion between the two, making for a dynamite pair. They have insane amounts of energy to bring into their relationship, which only grows stronger as it continues to blossom. And they both appreciate each other's wild enthusiasm for other for the other person and life around them. Last but not least, Pisces and Scorpio, another pair that's very intuitive to one another. These two zodiac signs can get into each other's minds and know what they're thinking almost as well as if they were thinking it themselves. But they aren't just into intellect. They both have a hunger and understanding for another's body and soul and learn what makes the other person tick. I love those. All right. I thought it'd be fun. I found a really quick BuzzFeed quiz. Um... That basically is a compatibility test. So the zodiac sign you're destined to be with. So oh, let's see. Okay. Um, all right. So the first one is, which of these professions would you most prefer to have? Ghost hunter, astronaut, wildlife photographer, fragrance chemist, private island caretaker, stunt car driver. <laughs> I could never be an astronaut. Space no. gives me so much anxiety. The wildlife photography might actually be really cool. Private island caretaker? Yeah, but like Actually, the, no, I hate yard work. Yeah. Wildlife photographer, I agree with you. Okay. Because 
because I was thinking like if I was on a private island, it'd be cool, but I don't want to caretake it. I want to lay on the beach and <laughs> exactly, <a> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, which of these would you value most in a partner? They put a towel in the dryer while you're taking a shower, so you have a warm towel. They can make the Chewbacca noise so well that you two are the talk of any party you go to. No thanks. What, a Star Wars party? They're lightning fast at figuring out tips at a restaurant. Oh, like doing the math. Yeah. yeah. My partner does that for me. I can't. <laughs> they aren't afraid to tell you what color or cut does absolutely nothing for you. Mm. They always text back quickly. They have super awesome... They have a super awesome house and a really cute dog. Well, I already had that myself, so. Um, I would say the towel the thing. The towel thing? I want Dylan to do that for me too. Yeah. Like, like, that's just, like, so acts of service. Here yeah. I am. My number one love language. But, like, it's just so thoughtful. It's really thoughtful. I agree. I like that one. On your day off, you're most likely to um, put on music and clean the house while you skip the majority of the playlist you just put. <laughs> I feel like that is me to a T. <laughs> to a T, me too. I'm, I'm like, nope, nope. I'm just nope. going to listen to the same song yeah. 15 times. Going to the grocery store when you're already hungry and buying everything. Do that oh, too. That's also me. Mm-hmm. Setting an alarm to get up at a decent time and then sleeping until noon. That's you. That's me, but I don't set alarms. I put, <laughs> I put the alarm on to noon. <laughs> I don't snooze. <laughs> Thinking about all the things you need to do for work the next day. No. I no. try not to. Yeah. Making a pillow fort with your family. Going hiking, biking, sledding, or just doing something that gets you out of the house. Mm, I would say one of the first two. Agreed. Yeah, I'd go with the first one too. If you wrote a check for $1 million, but you had to spend it on one of these items, what would it be? One of those water jetpacks. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, the state-of-the-art toilet. <laughs> I don't like the toilet. I don't spend too much time on it. The boys might need yeah. that. Yeah. A bowling... No, that would be worse. They would spend more time on it. I want him <laughs> off of it. <laughs> I ain't spending money on that. <laughs> a bowling alley? No. An exact copy of your house, but it's a bounce house. Okay, who the... F- who is spending money on any of these things? A personal chef. Okay, oh, I can yeah. get on board with that. Okay, here's... Here you go. Oh, God. A lifetime supply of Crunchwrap Supremes from oh, Taco That's me. Sign me up. Okay. If I could literally eat Crunchwrap Supremes every day and never get fat, I would. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> so bad for you, but so good in the moment. It's all right. You know, it's good for the soul. <laughs> Bad news. A demolition company accidentally leveled your house. And when they were supposed to level the one next door, they offered you an option of taking one of these six houses to make up for it. Okay. Which would you choose? I feel like this could have just been like, what's your dream house? Mm-hmm. But it's fine. We got, a, we got a story behind it. An apartment with floor to ceiling windows overlooking the London skyline. Ooh. A glass bubble house underwater in nope. the Great Barrier Reef. That would scare me. A sprawling mansion with horses in the middle of nowhere. That's you. A beachfront cottage with an infinity pool. Or a luxury treehouse in the middle of pines and fog. The beach? I would say the beach or the fog one. Because oh. I love a good pine tree. Oh, yeah. You, you, you like <laughs> the I love wood. the trees. You like the woods. I like the trees. <laughs> Which one? I'm going with the sprawling mansion would, with horses. Yeah, I would do the beach house for okay. me. Which of these things would you say you're most guilty of? 
taking the last piece of an appetizer um, from the table without pointing it out or asking, does anybody want the last one? Honestly, I'd rather you just take it because I hate when there's just one left and then no one mans up and takes it. They just like leave it there. Yeah, no. (laughs) I feel like I don't really do that, but I don't know. Leaving a dish in the sink for three days and telling yourself it's it needs to soak. I cannot stand dishes in the oh sink. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. No. I have OCD about that. Throwing away recyclables even though you feel like 30... Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Throwing away recyclables even though you feel 30% guilty about it. <laughs> <laughs> Purposely ignoring phone calls from someone simply because you know they're a talker and you don't have time. Buying a lot of books even though you know you don't have time to read them. Or not putting the cap back on the toothpaste. Mine has to be the recyclable one. Like, I f- like we don't yeah, recycle, but I, I feel know. bad about it. I feel like it... What was the one before the toothpaste? Buying a lot of books you don't have time to read. I mean, my reading list is very long. And I have a lot of books, but I have time to read them. I feel like that maybe would be a... I feel like you I read, thought, though. I do, but like... You read like really a book a month. Year. I feel like yeah. it gets hard. Okay. So just put that one because I feel like none of those are really for me. Choose one of these college degrees you most like to pursue. Master's in celebrity gossip and tabloid reading. PhD in Disney movies and theme parks. Master's in six skateboard kickflips. PhD in knowing only one song on like four different instruments. Master's in afternoon naps. Yep. <laughs> PhD in buying office supplies you don't need. Afternoon naps. Um, I don't know which one for me. Um, maybe like celebrity gossip. Yeah, the last one that you just did was hard. I feel like there were none of them for me, but Okay. I'll do celebrity gossip. <laughs> okay. Six directors want to pay you for the film rights to your life story, but each director wants to take the movie in a different direction. You'll sell the rights to the director who desperately wants to be like Tim Burton, so it would be probably a creepy story, which I could get down with. The director who is solely looking to use it as an Oscar bait. The director who will turn it into Hitchcock, like, thriller. Do you know what that means? It's like a corny, like, old, scary movie. Okay. Like, it's like a thriller, but it's like old and corny. Okay. The director who will use Muppets to play every character. Oh, God. Oh, thank you. It's creepy. Oh, God. This piggy would be me. Um, the director who is known to overuse sound effects. The director who is wearing a scarf in a barrette like they just walked out of the film set in the 1920s. I feel like the first one. A Tim Burton movie? Yeah. Some creepy aspect to it. Yeah. I'm going back and forth between that or the one who's looking to use it as Oscar bait. Because doesn't that mean that they want to, like, make it really good so he'll win an Oscar? Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) You found the ambition to start a new DIY project. Which do you attempt? Making a shirt that assures you the pattern is easy. Installing a new shower head that makes it feel like you're showering under a waterfall making a cake you saw on pinterest that you only have half the ingredients for um tie-dyeing some of your existing clothes and ultimately getting dye everywhere planting some new flowers in your garden that you really hope will stay alive attempting to do woodwork despite having no previous knowledge of woodworking (laughs) i feel like it was one of the first two that you mentioned making a shirt with a pattern on it maybe it was the cake one having like trying to make a cake with half the ingredients it's definitely something i've done 
Yeah, I've done that too. I don't know. I'm stuck between that one and then planting flowers in your garden, hoping they don't. Because like they always freaking die. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, most importantly, choose the zodiac sign you feel you relate to the most. It doesn't have to be your own, but it can be. Okay. I feel like I'm like very Leo. I'm very Taurus too. Okay, so I'm going with Leo. I'm one of a kind. I'm independent, and I don't need anyone's validation. And then you are, you said, Taurus. I'm brutally honest, a doer, and always see endless possibilities. So your most compatible sign is Pisces. Ooh. You're most compatible with Pisces, which I think was one of the the coupling that we read on the chart anyways, because they're a little bit of a dreamer, and your level head will keep their feet on the ground. Likewise, their spirit will remind you of remind you to dream big you both love culture and have the same interests making it easy for you to bond quickly and really get something out of your relationship oh i love that mine is gemini which that doesn't surprise the jury is out because zach might be a gemini we don't know because his birthday is may 20th which is the last day of taurus so technically well technically if you look it up on google it says he's a taurus but when i plug in his birth chart it says he's a gemini so I don't know what he is. I know I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. So I could just email him. Like, yeah, quick question should. for you. Can you just look this up for me? So you're most compatible with a Gemini because you two are opposite ends of the spectrum. This can be a very rewarding relationship. It means that you attack the same problem in different ways. Both of you are fulfilled with great enthusiasm and have the perfect blend of similarities and differences. I love that. We have to find out if he's I know. a Gemini. I know. I know. I know. He shows a lot. I don't know. I got to like look up his chart again because he, he, I feel like on the outside seems like a Taurus, but I don't know me. I don't know what his other signs are. So like I said, the jury's out, figured out. <laughs> so I guess we could like quickly just recap our astrology readings. I know we kind of sprinkled it in throughout, but yeah. I guess some backstory, right? You have yeah. to give them the backstory on it. Yeah. How did you find? Because you found them first. Yeah. So I went to a um, energy healing therapist um, that was recommended to me. And she recommended this astrologer, Robert Glasscock. And he's been in astrology for like 30 plus years. She said she had a great experience with him. And I'm all into like trying new things to better yourself. So got this astrology reading. He was a cute little like. 70 something year old man I didn't see him on the zoom but I just looked up pictures of him and he's very cute and he basically pulls up like a zoom of your birth chart and then he just talks you through the entire thing answers questions for you it was supposed to be a two-hour session we ended up being on for three hours so a lot of information came through that I think a lot of it I did kind of know but then some of it I really had no idea so what about you? Tell me about your experience because yours is more recent, right? You did yours a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you you got me it for my birthday. Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Um, and it was really cute. When we jumped on the Zoom, he had like his little presentation up and it was like, happy ber- happy late birthday. <laughs> so cute. Um, but yeah, it was it was very interesting. Again, it kind of pushed me in the direction of wanting to do a deeper dive in it. So that was really cool. But initially he asked me like what, I know and I basically told him I really only know like my sun rising moon so he broke those down for me and kind of gave me a better understanding of what those mean and like individually what mine are um we spent a lot of time talking about like relationships like right like your 
your significant other comes through on your birth chart in a way it's like a whole nother thing but he kind of talked about that a lot and like how our like relationships work with one another and then we talked about like motherhood a lot which I know was covered on yours Mm -hmm. too um basically because of the different houses one of the houses being ruling of family and and home and like motherhood is part of that it gave me some insight into like what the future looks like for me and like motherhood and it was very positive which was nice to hear um and he did make a prediction to when he thinks I'll be having kids um but who knows (laughs) he just saw some things like sticking out on the chart it could be around like my Saturn return or whatever but um a lot of creativity and like art came through on my chart and a lot of like finance in my chart a lot of money a lot of money stuff about like my career he was able to like pinpoint basically what my career is and talk about like why I'm good at my career he basically was like if you ever want to try something new I it looks like you'd be really great at real estate then I was like what he's like well you're a Leo Sag so you have a very strong aura about you when you walk into a room like you typically grab people's attention and you're very confident maybe you really aren't but you you give portray yourself portray as yourself as very confident and um you like to dress in nice clothes you're kind of flashy and you're a smooth talker people you, like gravitate towards yeah you. you're social so he was like you would do really well um open up a side business <laughs> do it you have so much time <laughs> so much time yeah no I I just feel like that's like a whole ass career <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if I could do. and he said be, that too he's like you could just do it on the side I'm like that's unless that, you just like owned like properties like you were right manager like, but like actually being a real estate agent I feel like is an actual full-blown career yeah like I'm not I I don't need two careers my no. friend it's like if it didn't work out you'd be really good at it I'm like well good to know that's that's nice um <laughs> what else did we talk about um we talked about my Saturn return a lot which we already kind of covered that because I was very interested in that um trying to think oh so he basically told me I'm a manifester oh yes which is funny because he asked me he's like do you do you know what like manifesting is I go yes he's like have you done this before like what are your thoughts on it like I'm scary good at manifesting like I can't explain it it just, I think I put something out there. I'm a very firm believer. And it's like, if you put that energy out there, it will happen. So even if it's negative, someone says that, I'll be like, don't say it. Don't put that energy out there because I don't know what it is, but I'm very good at it. And it can be big things. It can be small things. Like even as far as like my current job, like I feel like I manifested that. Like I interned there in like 2018, 2019, but then I was like, someday I'm going to end up back here. And I like thought about it a lot. I talked about it at some points and then I ended up back there. And even like, like one time I was leaving work and I was like running late and I was going to miss an appointment and I was like, there's no way I'm making this because I was caught up with work stuff and I just like really couldn't leave. So I called the office and I was like, you know, I'm really, really sorry. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm not going to make it. So I worked for like another hour. I leave to go home and I get stuck in traffic. I'm like, like that's only one example, but it happens all the time. That's crazy. So I kind of like a part of me also because you can really do a deep dive into manifesting and understand how it works. So I'm kind of interested in like 
taking a closer look at that yeah and like actually because there's something about like the phases of the moon and when the moon's in a, in a certain phase is when like manifesting's at its highest and that's when you're supposed yeah, to yeah let us know i don't know we'll do the research i'm curious very interesting that's awesome yeah and he said that i'm i'm kind of i'm very intellectual mm-hmm. which we talked about that i don't know on their episode but i kind of oftentimes will have like feelings about the future can be like not psychic but i can get hunches about things coming that's really cool yeah i love that yeah what about you anything else he said you might have twins right yeah maybe i hope <laughs> i don't have twins um fingers crossed i mean honestly if the baby's healthy it's fine but um yeah he mentioned maybe having twins he talked a lot about my career and actually he's the one that talked about or actually solidified me doing the podcast mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah, he was like, you should do something on the side that relates to like media and social stuff. And he's like, have you thought about doing a podcast? And I'm like, that's so funny that you say that because I have. And that's kind of what jump started me doing this podcast and asking Maggie to join me on it. Um, he also mentioned a lot about motherhood, same things as eggs. Um, talked also about when I'm potentially going to be engaged, but we're not oh, going to yeah. give that away. We're not disclosing that information. Because if, you know. Dylan will do the opposite. He'll find out and purposely not do it at yeah. that time. So we're not going to spill the tea. But he did tell me to reach out to him when that information gets delivered. Oh, and he also made a prediction for when he thinks we'll be moving. Oh, yeah, you said that. Because Zach and I have been trying to find a new house for like two years and hasn't we haven't had much luck or if it actually happens though around the times that he's I'll predicted die. i will die yeah i will f- go on the floor and but i also will be die. like shit because zach and i literally just ripped off our whole entire backyard i know we're doing like a whole new patio and everything back there <laughs> we move oh my god that's I funny i don't I know. know my luck um anything else oh we talked about my life's purpose oh yeah he, i did ask him about that he basically was just like your life's purpose is to like serve others like that's what you're job is and I was like well that makes sense I'm a teacher I'm serving others so it kind of aligns but yeah I mean it was basically very similar things but just gave me a really deep understanding of my birth chart who I am and I feel like a lot of it aligned and I knew some of it but some things he like solidified and validated which just made me feel good yeah yeah it's cool especially if you're questioning a lot of things yeah I feel like I needed it Mm -hmm. I was at a time where I was just like I need some answers on some things right I don't want to know the future but I want to like feel good about where I'm at Mm -hmm. I just needed some extra validation (laughs) but we will link um his info in the show notes so if you do you know want to learn more about your natal chart or pay for an astrology reading highly recommend it super cool and if you have questions too like you're welcome to dm us and I'll do my my best to to try and help you yeah Maggie can be your I won't give you a full birth chart reading but I will at least answer maybe if you have some confusion around your char I can point you in the right direction for sure (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's it um yeah that was definitely a good I feel like overview of of everything zodiac astrology birth charts and um hopefully you learn something yeah we'll put a bunch of websites and apps and things that we use and refer to throughout the episode um, if you're learning, wanting to learn more about your horoscope, there's a bunch of apps you can have. Like, yeah, on there's also phone. a ton of like great social media accounts that I follow, yeah. um, and they'll they'll post memes about yeah. like your zodiac sign. Sam and I will like send them to each other all the yeah, time. All the time. Sometimes they're very accurate. They're so <laughs> they, funny. I know they are funny. So we'll link all that stuff in case you're just wanting to, you know, 
get on the astrology train yeah join us will you mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well i think that wraps things up um hope you guys enjoyed this episode let us know your thoughts leave us leave us a review if you enjoyed it um follow us on instagram all the freaking things f-r-k-i-n-g like and subscribe if you have any ideas and topics you guys want us to cover in a future episode please let us know we'll do the research so you don't have to (laughs) i know we missed you guys this was fun i know it's been a minute so we really again want to talk about anything and everything here so if there is something you want us to look into we're happy to do it um we hope you guys had a good Monday so far or whatever day you've listened to this episode on. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Tune in next week. Yeah, have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye.